I believe God has something for us tonight. I always come to the pulpit and pray that, God, I can convey the message that you give me. Because sometimes it makes sense in my head. And after I preach, I go, boy, I hope somebody got that. But I want to preach tonight with a few scriptures in mind. Beginning in Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. It says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, hallelujah, for the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. Hallelujah. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Two verses later, verse 8 says, And the Lord, He is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. That's our God. We don't have to fear anything because we have a God that we can trust in. Amen? I want to pray for, and, and, and uh, be ready to preach this. And I want you to pray for me tonight that the Lord will enable me to speak exactly what he wants me to speak. In, in Jesus' name, I want to pray these things. Father, I thank you. You're still on the throne. Nothing has shocked you. Nothing surprises you. God, you knew who would be here tonight. You knew who would be online watching. God, I ask you, Lord, tonight to let me speak the words that you've given me, Father. God, I've worked on this for a while. You know it's been on my computer. It's been there. And tonight I just felt like this is what you wanted me to speak. I ask you, Lord, to touch each ear, each eye so we can see spiritually, Father, that we can hear, Lord, what the, your word is saying to us tonight. I ask you, Lord, to anoint me with the Holy Ghost. God, that I can speak and this word will take root in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach to you for a few moments tonight with the subject, drivers or shotgun riders? Drivers or shotgun riders? Amen. I know it's kind of funny. I, I renamed this sermon over and over and over. This is just this is what I come up with, and so you just you know put put this on the list. This is another crazy one by Pastor. All right, in today's society, there's an abundance of people ready to make you a promise. You see these deals all the time. I remember on a, a movie one time, they were making a promise, and they were watching this uh, car parts place, and they were making a promise, and they said, well, it's not a promise unless you put it on the box. There's a lot of people that make promises and put it on the box that doesn't work out. Amen? I'm going to tell you, this is about a 20-minute sermon, but if you don't amen me, we may be here till 9 o'clock, so... There we go. I thought we could get some people involved then. Most of the promises they make nowadays, they either don't intend to keep them promises or they can't keep them promises, right? From car commercials to products we buy at Walmart, people don't really care about holding their promises. They just want you to get your attention and get your money. That's what they're after. But God is one that will never break his promise. This is a promise in the Word of God. For the Lord your God, He's the one who goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That's, that's kind of what stuck with me today, and, and, and I wanted to go ahead and preach from that. Moses was speaking to Israel in these scriptures, 
and he was telling them that he was getting old and uh, he wouldn't be crossing the Jordan River with him. He talks to Joshua and then he, talks, he tells him that he's going to lead them over to the promised land. And then he tells, tells them in our text that God would not lead them nor forsake them. Don't fear. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. God is with you. Moses knew his time was up. He knew he was going to be dying. He also knew he wasn't going into the promised land. And so he started speaking these words first to Israel, and then he started speaking to Joshua and telling him this. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. God is the only one that goes before us tonight. I want to let you know he's the one that already knows our path that we're going to go on. He's the one that's already gone before us. And so we can trust in him to know he knows what our future holds. Amen. He also goes with us. He doesn't just tell us about it. Then he goes with us on them journeys. Sometimes you give people directions. You tell them, yeah, just go up here. And you see a spotted dog, turn right right there. And then you go around the corner, see a yellow cat, turn left, and you'll be there. God not only tells you where to go and how to go, he'll go with you. Amen? <laughs> That's a good thing when you're depending on a pet to be there. He'll never leave you alone. There are multiple scriptures that give the same message. And, and I started looking through them. Hebrews 13 and 5 says, Let your conduct be without uh, covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. First Chronicles 28 and 20 says, And David said to his son Solomon, Be strong and of good courage and do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. We see these things repeated over and over in Scripture. When I, see here, when I, when I repeat something to my boys, it's because I want to get something across to them. You have kids, you know exactly what that's like. You have to tell them more than once. Over and over and over. You know, that just tells us how bad of parents we are. It should be one time. It should be one time. But that's the way you see it in the Scripture. When you see that over and over and over, God understands that sometimes we lose, He loses our attention, right? And so He keeps reminding us, keeps telling us, and so we see it in the Scripture. I'm so thankful that my God, your God, will never leave us nor forsake us. There's no reason to fear, no reason to be afraid. As a matter of fact, be strong and of good courage. Not only do you not need to be afraid or, or, or discouraged or anything like that, don't fear anything, but he also says, be encouraged, be happy, be joyous. I love that. If there was ever a time to be encouraged, it's today. It's today's time. There's so much depression. There's so many, uh, the suicide rate's going just outrageous, and you see these things happening. Today is the day we need to get back with God, get back in the Word, and understand that He wants to, to take courage in His Word because He'll never leave us nor forsake us. If we stand on God's Word and digest God's Word, we will be encouraged because we know that God will never leave us or forsake us. When I was growing up, there was a term or a phrase that we'd say or yell while we were going to the car. Especially if you didn't have your driver's license. You couldn't drive, and so you'd yell, shotgun. Shotgun. I call shotgun. I call shotgun. My kids still do that. Anybody else remember that? You guys all remember that? Okay. We would call shotgun because we wanted to be in the front seat. There's something just, it's cool to be in the front seat. We don't want to be in the back seat. We want to be in the front seat. There's so much more going on in the front seat. It's prestigious to ride up front. 
made me feel sophisticated to write up front. I felt like we could pull up to anybody and roll down the window and ask for Grey, gray Poupon. I was, I was shotgun right there. I could do it. It made me feel big, like an adult. It made me feel dignified, feel mature. If that makes you feel mature, you know you're, not, you're immature. I'll just tell you right now. <laughs> That's why I had no problem pushing, shoving, tackling, scratching, poking eyeballs just to get to the front seat. I wanted to be in the front seat. And there was always somebody trying to get in front of us. I mean, you just trip. You do whatever it takes. That, that's what you do because I want to be the shotgun rider. I didn't want to ride in the back seat. That's for kids. That's the undignified, unsophisticated, the immature people. They're all in the back seat. The phrase or term shotgun come from the Old West when the stagecoach was traveling across the land. There was a driver of the stagecoach, and there was a man seated next to the driver carrying a shotgun. Riding shotgun was used to describe the bodyguard who rides alongside the stagecoach driver, typically armed with a break-action shotgun called a coach gun to ward off bandits or hostile Native Americans. That's where shotgun <laughs> comes from. Nowadays, the shotgunner's role has changed a little bit. We're in cars now. Still yet, being the shotgun position, there are responsibilities for you to be there. Now, just go with me on this. We know our scripture. I'm going to get back to it in a little bit, but I, I want to show you something right through here. You have to be a responsible uh, to ride shotgun. You have to be responsible to ride shotgun. One of the things shotgun riders are responsible for is navigation of the destination. Navigation of the destination. They used to call me Mr. Map back when there was a big atlas and everything. I, I was always studying the map, love reading the map, love finding these roads. And because I'm driving the bus, I didn't want to go on these dirt roads and these curvy roads. And so I always navigated the best way for the bus to go. And so I love that. But I was the driver and doing that. But I didn't do it together. I'll put it that way. This responsibility of being the shotgun driver or the shotgun rider includes reading the map, driving directions on the Googles. You got to find the Google Maps. I have Shelly doing that for me all the time, or the Apple Maps. Good, good luck with that stuff. Watching for exits while you're traveling. Operating the GPS. We were riding along on 67 one day, and uh, 67 has been under construction, and they opened it up some more of the lanes, and we're driving through there, and it just opened up apparently, and our GPS showed that we was on some dirt road just out in the field, and I was just like, they they don't even up, you know, we needed to be updated or something, but. GPS, that, that's a shotgun rider. That's their jobs. Poor navigation by the shotgun rider will result in loss of shotgun privileges. But more than once, my boys said, Mom, you need to get in the back seat. Shotgun has control of the heat and the air of the vehicle. If the temperature is too warm, the driver may doze off. If it's too cold, the driver may be shivering too much to maintain control of the vehicle. Shotgun riders must, be, must keep the driver awake. Boy, that was a big one for me. I, I needed to stay awake. This means that the shotgunner must not sleep either. If sleep is needed, the shotgun rider must move to the back seat and let someone else take over shotgun. Shotgunners are required to remain aware and alert to surrounding traffic to warn the driver if he spots danger or a potential accident. This is especially important when there are many people in the car, which can cause the driver to become easily distracted. As the shotgunner, you must also watch for police, speed traps, intersection cameras, 
pedestrians, farm equipment, families of ducks crossing the highway, cyclists and landmines. That's the job of the shotgunner. It's the shotgunner's responsibility to ensure all rules of the road are followed as well. Did you know that? If a driver receives a citation from the local authorities for something you should have been watching for, you automatically lose your shotgun privileges and you should help him pay the fine. I learned this from my wife. In situation of an immense disaster or imminent disaster, the standard warning phrase to blurt out is Jesus or dear, one or the other. Dear Jesus is probably more like it. But the most important job of the shotgunner nowadays is not protection like it was in the Old West. No, the shotgun rider, the, the shotgun rider's main responsibility is not keeping the driver awake or any of the other stuff I've already mentioned. In 2022, the most important job of the shotgunner is to control the music. That's, that's the job of the shotgunner. They've got to control the music. If the music's too slow... The driver dozes off. If the music's too fast, the driver gets a speeding ticket. If the music's too loud, the driver gets distracted. If the music's too soft, it makes the driver irritable. The truth of it is, drivers don't have to have a shotgun rider to reach their destination. We all know that. I drive all the time by myself. I don't need anyone to adjust the radio, maneuver the heat or the air. I can feel when it's cold or hot. I can do it myself. I don't have to have all these things. But when we're talking about our spiritual man, we don't even need to be behind the wheel. We don't need to be the shotgun rider either. We need to let God have control. Everything that we're going through, everything that he's leading us, we need to be led by the Lord, not, not our own opinions. We need to let God take over. God needs to drive us. He needs to lead us and to direct our paths and light our ways. Our text, Deuteronomy 31 and 6, For the Lord your God, He's the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. The stagecoach, they needed, they needed the drivers. The drivers needed a shotgun rider with Him. Look out for anything that come their way. They had to have that to protect themselves and protect the passengers and their cargo. We have to realize that God is in control of everything around us, though. He created this world that we live in. He has a will for my life and yours. So why are we trying to drive our own life? Why are we trying to drive our life ourselves? Why are we not giving up, giving in, surrender, surrender? God's been working me over on surrender. If he's our God, and that's what the scripture says, for the Lord your God, if he's our God, he's the one who goes with us. He won't bail on us just because times get tough. Isn't that the way it is when things start going rough, well, then everybody wants to bail and do something different. Well, I don't, I want to distance myself from that person or that person. That's the way it goes. He doesn't leave us because others leave us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. How many know that we need to let God have full control of everything we're involved with? We need to be careful what we get involved with. Let him lead us into what get, we get involved with. For the Lord your God, he's the one that goes with you. Another thing I'll, I'll point out is backseat drivers have no responsibilities. 
All backseat drivers, they just want to tell you how to do it. That's, that's what backseat. We don't need to be backseat drivers either. God knows what he's doing. He doesn't need somebody running protection for him, a shotgun, right? He doesn't need that. He doesn't need the backseat driver telling him, oh, you missed your turn. Oh, you should have went this way. It's a better way. Oh, you, you ought to do this. You ought to do that. Boy, that, we're all guilty of that. God, I, I'm praying for this and that. And here, I even mapped out a way for you to do it. How many know someone that likes to tell you how to drive? I do. God doesn't need a shotgun rider. He will drive our life. He knows all the paths we are to travel. He doesn't need directions. He's an all-knowing God that's very capable of everything we trust him with. Whatever we put in God's hands, he's capable of taking care of it. We don't need to be in the driver's seat of our lives. We don't need to remind God of where we're going. We don't have to worry about God being too hot or cold. We don't have to worry about God wanting the music fast, slow, loud, or quiet. We certainly don't have to worry about God sleeping at the wheel. What we need to concern ourselves with is making sure he has full control of everything in our lives. He needs full control. So how do I make God the Lord over my life? How do I give God everything in my life? I'm going to try to help us here tonight. We surrender our will for his will. That means whatever our plans are, we surrender them to God. We go to prayer and say, God, you know what I would like to do, but I want to know what you want me to do. And whatever you say is what I'm going to do. That's how that works. We have to simply give up our will and ask God through prayer for his will. God doesn't need a shotgun rider. He doesn't need you to drive and, and be behind the wheel. He can handle all aspects of our life if we'll only surrender to him. Give it all to him. I know it may have seemed like I, I took a long way around things tonight to get to my point, but this is what I feel God's leading the, uh, our church family into is total surrender until he is our God. The Lord is our God. We've talked about Lord before. Lord is being over something. You can say, yeah, that's my God, but then continue to do your own thing. No, we want him to be Lord over everything we do. Hmm. What does it mean to surrender to God? Surrendering, surrendering to God means letting go of our plans. Letting God have his way in every aspect of our life. God, you know I'd like to do this, but I'm going to surrender it to you. I'm going to give it to you because you know my plans. And you said you'd give me the desires of my heart. But you know what? The desires of my heart are not lining up with your will. I want to submit to your will. How many is willing to do that? Allowing God to guide our steps and direct our decisions. As Christians, this means we surrender our will for his perfect will and follow after God. It's tough when we've already made plans to surrender to God's will. I told somebody the other day, I've seen it a bunch of times in the youth group. We was back there. Somebody would start dating somebody, and then they'd ask me, would you pray and see if this is God's will? And I'm just like, you've already given your heart to him. You're already in love with him. Are you kidding me? How are you going to go against God now? God says, no, that's not the one. But God, I love him. We fall in love with things before we find out God's plans. The first step when it comes to how to surrender to God is let go. 
Let go and let God have his way and will in your life. When we let go, it changes our perspective. When we start praying to God and asking for his will, our perspective changes. That's what we need. It shifts our focus to our creator instead of us. Me, me, me. I, I need this, this, this. God, you know, yeah, God, I want you to change me, but I want to have this, 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 this. No, just ask him for his will. Ask him for his will. Shift your focus. Magnify God. When we let go or surrender, we no longer look for the answers before we pray about decisions. Now, I love that line. I didn't read it out of a book. I didn't do anything. This is just, it come to my heart, and that's what I wrote it down. When we let go or surrender, we no longer look for the answers before we pray about decisions. Praying about decisions should come first before we make the decision. Me and Brandon was talking about that uh, earlier before church. We need to pray before we make a decision. We go directly to God. Our prayer is a direct line to God. How many knows that? It's a direct line to God. When we let go or surrender, we will seek God's will. We'll stop seeking our own will. We'll start seeking God's will. We'll seek His direction and place them before our plans. God, I want to do what you want me to do before I get to me. You know, God, you know what my plans are. You know what I would like to do. You even know my needs before I ask. But God, even before that, I want to do what you want me to do. How many remember scripture? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Amen. Why do we need to surrender to God? Because full surrender to God means that we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. He saved us, but we're going to accept him as our Lord and Savior. When we become Christians, we must surrender our life to him. That's the only way you become saved. Too many times we pick our lives back up and try controlling things ourselves. We're, we, we are not meant to keep certain parts back, but surrender our whole life to him. In an act of obedience and complete trust. That's when it is complete trust. When we give, give control over to anyone. If I give Shelly control over everything, just said, here you go. I've got to have complete trust in her. She's going to do uh, the best for me, the best for our family, and that she cannot fail. We know we can't put that kind of trust in humans because humans fail. Our God doesn't fail. He keeps his promises. He'll take care of us. We already know that. We've read the scripture. He's going to be with us. He won't leave us. He won't forsake us. Wow. As Christians, we're called to turn over every aspect of our lives to God's control. You think, well, that sounds a little, um, I don't know, somebody help me out. That sounds a little crazy to give up that kind of control because I have my own opinions, you know, and I'd like to do my own thing. When we submit ourselves to God, it doesn't matter what it is. We submit it to God, whether it's a house, whether it's a car, whether it's a relationship. We submit it to God. God, is this what you want for me? And if it's not his will, say no. Don't break down the door. Let God open the doors. Amen? It's a daily, this should help us out right here. It's a daily, moment-by-moment -moment choice to give everything to God. See, we want to get saved. We bought our fire insurance. We don't want to go to hell. But then Monday comes along. I was going to the job, just doing my own thing. Forget about God. Tuesday, forget about, oh, Wednesday, we, we come to church, and so we remember God that day. That's the problem. 
our relationship with God has got to be every day, moment by moment, choice by choice. We need to weigh it. God, is this what you want me to do? I'm just telling you, if we get, if we get into that mindset, after a while we'll start thinking the way God wants us to go. We'll feel that leading of his spirit, and we'll know which way to go. I know sometimes we want to be behind the wheel of our life. Some think we're super spiritual, so we allow God to drive, but we think he needs a shotgun rider to help him with our decision-making process. God, all right, you got, you got control of my life. You drive. I'm just going to show you which road. This is a faster way to get me where I want to go. Lord, help us. Surrender to God through prayer. Talk to him daily, multiple times. Usually when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I'm thinking, there's a song on my heart, or I'm praying something, I already have a thought, I'm thinking about God. That's the way it should be. It wasn't always that way. We had to create them habits that we start thinking about God. We start praying in our spirit. You know, and I know my, my routine, you know my routine, come down here and pray every morning. But before I ever come down here to pray, I'm already praying. I'm already praying, and it continues throughout the day. Surrender to God through prayer. Seek God's will through prayer. Seek godly counsel. Oh, my word. I, we can pray, and we can pray, and God will speak to us. Don't, don't ever forget that. But sometimes we have Christian brothers and sisters, and we need help. We need somebody to talk to. We've talked to God. we laid it all out with God. And sometimes we just need to bounce it off somebody. And what do we do? We need marriage advice. We go find somebody that's divorced to counsel with them. Go to somebody godly that's going to give you scripture. I, I, I'm not condemning somebody for getting divorced. What I'm saying is you're getting somebody's opinion that failed at something. Go to the Bible that's never failed. Let's go where the answers are at. Seek godly counsel. Surrender by fasting and prayer. I, I can't stress this enough. I, every little bit, I'm, I'm fasting a meal, and I don't say that to, be, to brag. It's just God keeps, keeps telling me, you need to fast. I need to fast, fast a meal, fast a day, whatever it may be. And so I keep doing it like, God, I really don't like that. That's uncomfortable. I don't want to do that. But there's power in fasting and prayer. We must do it. After doing all these things, listen. Listen for the voice of God. If you just sit up here and talk, or if we just sit down on the pew and we, we talk with one another, if you never listen and you're always talking, always praying, God this, that, God you see this situation, God touch this person, they need to be saved, these need to be healed, God this, 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 and you're never listening. And I can give you another example. This morning I was praying in here, and uh, I was praying again. I just felt like, well, I've, I've got my prayer routine, and we, and we get into routines, I know that, and I think that's why God breaks it up. But I was praying for people, and I, I go pew by pew praying for people. And God stopped me, and he said, I want you to write this down. And so I've heard the voice of the Lord. It's time for me to be quiet and listen to what he's saying. It's the same thing with, with you. When we begin to surrender our life to God, we need to stop and listen for the voice of the Lord. Wait and hear God speak to your heart. If there's a decision that needs to be made, you need to hear from God before that decision's made. Sometimes we're trying to figure out how to surrender to God and let go of our plans. We forget that we need to wait on God. Wow. God, I've got it planned out already, and the timing of it, it, it works for me, God, if you do it like this. And he says, no, it's going to be another six months. It's going to be another year. And you're just like, no. 
I want it now. I want it now. There's a commercial like that. I want it now. Wow. We have to wait on God. We can't just throw up a prayer and get some advice and charge ahead. We need to be in step with God so that not only did we seek Him in the planning, but also in His timing. (laughs) In His time. That's a hard one. Shelly, would you come back? His timing is something, again, that's something else we have to surrender to God. God, not my will, but thine be done. God, not my timing, but your, you know my timing. He already knows. He knows us inside and out. He knows everything on our heart. While we're in the waiting stages of surrender, focus on prayer. Wow, that's, that's really good, Drew. You're a pastor, and you're saying focus on prayer. I can't say it anymore. It's one of the, it, the very most important things we can do is pray. We're communicating with our creator. We're talking to God. How much better can he get than that? His word talks to us. Yes, we can read his word, but we need to pray. We need to pour our heart out to God and say, God, this is what's going on. This is how mean they're being to me right now. This is what they're doing to me, God. This is what the enemy's doing to me right now. This is what Satan's trapped me with. God, I want you to hear what he's doing to me. We need to communicate with God. Focus on prayer. Spending time in the Word. And keep doing the last thing He told you to do. How many has heard from the Lord before? He's given you instructions on what to do. Have you followed, with, followed up with it? Have you, have you done exactly what He told you to do? Some people are waiting to hear from God. I, I want God to do big things in my life, but yet they haven't did the first thing God's told them to do. God's not going to tell you the second and third, fourth, fifth, right on down the road until you do the first thing he told you to do. I'll just say it right now. This is the legacy project. This church should have finished that years ago. And I'm not blaming anybody. But how are we going to go forward until we do what God told us to do? That's how simple that is. That's the way I feel. We've had pastor after pastor come in here, and that was one of the first questions I asked him. I said, uh, our, our founding pastor of this this facility right here said that God called him to build that room up there what do you think about that do you think that goes away when he leaves or is that still for the congregation to do and each pastor told me said I believe it's something for TFT to do if we can't do the first thing he told us to do why is he going to tell us the second and the third and the fourth thing we got to do what he's told us to do I put down some scriptures. Just They're encouraging scriptures, and I just want to give you this as I close. Proverbs 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding. I love that scripture. I'd put it in every sermon if I get get by with it. The next verse says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Praise the Lord. Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I'm God. Wow. Can you imagine? God's just telling us, be still. Be still a minute. Know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Then 1 Peter 5 and 7. Familiar scriptures, all of them are, but I love them. And they minister to me, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Sometimes Shelly fails me. My mom and dad's failed me. My boys have failed. My family's failed me. God has never failed me. God has never failed me. No, I'm not, I'm not picking on anybody. I mean, my mom didn't fix my favorite food. She failed me. 
Would you stand with me? Casting all your care on him, for he cares for you. You know what? We had to give up our right to drive, give up our right to be the shotgunner. Just surrender. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Even when things happen, even when you get a flat tire, he's still there with you. Even when you take the wrong turn, he's still with you. All you need to do is get get back and just let him do the driving again. Give it back to him. Let him do it. That's how simple it is. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask you, Lord, if I failed you tonight to forgive me. But, Father, I hope these words, and I pray that these words penetrate our hearts, and they go down to soil, Lord, that's ready to receive seed from the Word of God. I ask you, Lord, tonight as we come around these altars, Lord, that you seal this sermon, Lord. I don't want these seeds, Lord, to fall to the wayside and, and thorns that, to grow up in them, Lord, or, or for the fowl of the air to get them. Lord, I want these seeds to go deep inside our, our soul, Lord, and begin to grow inside of us. We need to surrender to you, Lord. We need to, we need to stop driving and stop playing shotgun drive. God, we got to give it to you because you're our God. You're our God. You're the one that goes with us. You'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. We thank you. In Jesus' name I pray these things. Amen.